Hi, welcome to another video by PAC. In this video, we'll take you across the night sky and show you the various stars and constellations visible for the month of October. The best night to view the night sky this month is before the 10th of October or after the 22nd of October as there will be no moonlight to obstruct your views. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to subscribe to our channel and if you are listening on Spotify, press the follow button for future notifications. So let's begin. Face towards the north and look near the horizon. A little above the horizon, you'll see the bright pole star visible this month. As we have mentioned before, the pole star is always at the same point in the night sky throughout the duration of the night and all the stars rotate around this point. If you have identified the constellation of Draco last month, you will notice this month that Draco appears to have rotated by an angle of 90 degrees and the tail of Draco has set below the horizon. Above Polaris, you can see five stars forming a pentagon or the shape of a house like we all drew when we were kids. But this house is inverted with the roof pointing downwards towards the northeast. The five stars that you see above Polaris forming the shape of a pentagon is the constellation of Cepheus. In the Indian system, this is the Yudhisthira Nakshatra Punja, named after the character from Mahabharata. Slightly towards the east from Cepheus, you will notice five stars forming a rotated M or a W shape. Very close to the horizon in the northeast, this is the constellation of Cassiopeia. Like the Big Dipper, Cassiopeia is another constellation used to identify the pole star. So if you want to look at the true north and you have difficulty locating the pole star, Cassiopeia can be used to locate the pole star. But we'll come to this in the coming months as Cassiopeia reaches a higher point in the night sky. In the Indian system, Cassiopeia is known as the Kunti Nakshatra Punja, again named after the character from Mahabharata. As we move slowly towards the east from Cassiopeia, we've got the constellation of Andromeda. However, making out the shape of Andromeda is quite difficult without any help from other stars. So we will look towards the constellation of Pegasus which lies above Andromeda. Once you've noted Cassiopeia towards the northeast, look up at a little higher altitude and you'll notice four bright stars forming a square. While not a perfect square, these four stars form the square of Pegasus. Pegasus is also known as the Nakula Nakshatra Punja in the Indian system, which is also a character from Mahabharata. Nakula was an expert horse rider and therefore this constellation of a winged horse in the Greek mythology has been named as Nakula in the Indian system. Now that you've spotted the four stars of the square of Pegasus, know that the topmost star pointing towards the zenith is the star Purva Bhadra in the Indian system. The star towards the right, pointing towards the south, is the star Uttarabhadra in the Indian nakshatra system. But we will focus towards the star at the lowest point in the square, which is pointing towards the northeast horizon. And from this point, you can trace out three stars towards the horizon. Now look closely and you'll notice that the square of Pegasus is a kite and these three stars form the tail of this kite. If you manage to spot the tail of the kite, note that from the same star in the square of Pegasus forms another fainter tail towards the left of this tail. Now, 
as you trace the tail of this kite towards the left of the second star of this tail, you will notice a small patch in the night sky which appears like dust smudged on the night sky. If you are able to spot this smudged spot, this is the Andromeda galaxy. Shining from 2.5 million light years away, this is the farthest object in the night sky that you can spot. Coming back to the stars of the square of Pegasus, the stars that we mentioned, that is the Purva Bhadra, which is also known as the Markhab star, is shining from a distance of 133 light years away. The star Uttara Bhadra, which is known as Aljanib, is shining from a distance of 391 light years away. And the bright star in the square of Pegasus, which is the lowest star leading to the Andromeda constellation, is the star Sira or Alpharads, which is situated at 97 light years away. Once we are done with Pegasus, we'll slowly move towards the south and you'll notice that this part of the night sky appears to have not many bright stars. Although this patch of the night sky appears to be empty, this is littered with a lot of constellations. Below Pegasus, you've got the constellation of Pisces in the east, below which you've got the constellation of Cetus. There's also Aquarius towards the right side of Pisces and below Aquarius you've got the constellation of Sculptor, Phoenix, Grus, Tucana, Indus, Pavo, Microscopium and Capricorn. While I've mentioned so many constellations visible in the southern sky this month, none of these constellations are easy to make out as all the stars in these constellations appear to be faint. But you will notice a star shining brightly in the southern sky this month. The star that you see is the star Formalhot or Meenakshi Nakshatra. The star is named Meenakshi because the constellation to which it belongs is the Pisces Austrinus constellation. Pisces Austrinus means the southern fish and the star Meenakshi is the eye of the fish. The star Formalhot is shining from a distance of 25 light years away and this star dominates the southern sky this month. As we move further towards the west from south, you will notice in the southwest the constellation of Sagittarius is visible. Slightly towards the left of Sagittarius, below the Sagittarius teapot, is the string of stars forming the Corona Australis constellation. There is the Telescopium constellations below this and it is also not visible. We will further move towards the west and there are the constellation of Ophiuchus in the west and the constellation of Hercules in the northwest which are approaching the horizon. In the northwest you will find the star Vega shining brightly which is the part of the summer triangle as we have discussed it in the previous months. Above Vega, you've got the constellation of Cygnus with the bright star Deneb and towards the left of Deneb is the constellation of Aquila with the star Altair shining brightly in these constellations. The three constellations, as we've mentioned earlier, form the summer triangle which is slowly approaching the western horizon. Above Altair, you'll notice a small group of five stars forming a very, very tiny kite shape. With clear skies, you will notice that these stars form a shape of a dolphin and this is the Delphinus constellation. 
Delphinus is an important constellation in the Indian system as this group of stars is known as the Dhanishta Nakshatra. Further moving towards the north from northwest, we have come back to the pole star with the constellation of Draco lying between Hercules and pole star. Not many bright stars lie in Hercules and Draco, so once you have spotted the quadrilateral of Hercules, will directly move towards the pole star in the north. Moving across the horizon, we have completed a circle and come back to Polaris and from Polaris, We'll slowly look up towards the zenith and you'll notice that zenith is empty this month with the summer triangle having moved towards the west and the square of Pegasus slowly moving towards the zenith. This month, a lot of the constellations visible are made up of very faint stars and therefore their shapes are quite hard to make out. So we've discussed all the stars and constellations visible for the month of October. However, October is also the month where we get to see the meteor shower called Orionids. As the night progresses, from the east you will notice the constellation of Orion rising at midnight and from this constellations will originate a lot of shooting stars. You may ask, what are these shooting stars? Shooting stars are meteors. And when you see a lot of these meteors originating from one point, we call it a meteor shower. Orionids is a meteor shower visible every year in the month of October. If you follow our calendar, you'll notice every month there is one or the other meteor shower and some of these meteor showers are more prominent than the others. Like in the month of October, we've got Orionids. In the month of November, we've got Leonids. In December, we'll come across Geminids and slowly as the year progresses in August, we've got Persids Meteor Shower. Each of these meteor showers provide us with a view of cosmic fireworks with a lot of particles moving across the sky, creating a colorful trail behind them. These meteors are nothing but rocks entering Earth's atmosphere from space and as they enter the Earth's atmosphere, the friction between the rock and the Earth's atmosphere leads to vaporization of this rock, leaving behind a colorful trail whose color depends upon the composition of these rocks. In school, they show us that as you burn certain elements like sodium or potassium, the flame gains a color because of these elements. Like when you burn sodium, the flame that you see is intense yellow. While if you burn potassium salt, you will notice that the flame is lilac in color. As you burn calcium, it slowly turns towards red and something like copper will produce a green flame. The same applies to the color of these trails produced by meteors and as these rocks containing these elements burn up, the flame or the trail of this burn up contains various colors. But where do these rocks come from is a question you may wonder about. These rocks are nothing but debris left behind by comets that visit the solar system. Beyond the planets Uranus and Neptune, the solar system consists of the Kuiper Belt and Oort's Cloud. Located so far away from the sun, these rocks are icy 
and once in a while one of these rocks get attracted by the sun's gravity and they visit the inner planets. As they approach the sun, they undergo a very highly elliptical orbit and pass by the earth's orbit as well. As they do so, the icy surface of these rocks melt away because of the sun's heat and leave behind a long tail. This is a comet. As a comet visits the sun, it melts away and this tail leaves behind debris along the path of the comet. Some of these comets have their path intersecting the Earth's orbit. And as the Earth moves on its orbit, comes across these points and the debris left behind these comets enter the Earth's atmosphere. Since the Earth visits this point again after a year, we have the same meteor showers occurring in every year in a given month. This month, we've got the Orionids meteor shower, in which the meteors are the debris left behind by the comet Halley. The Leonids meteor shower occur when the Earth enters the debris trail of the comet of Temple Tuttle. So, every month the Earth enters the debris trail of various comets and this leads to various meteor showers happening every single month. All you need to do is find the radiant point and locate the constellation and you'll see a lot of shooting stars originating from this point. Some of these meteor showers leave behind a long trail that lasts for a few seconds made up of beautiful colors. Be sure to watch out for various meteor stars occurring every single month. All you need to do is download the pack astronomy calendar and look for various meteor showers that peak during various points of the month. As you download the calendar and use this guide to explore the night skies, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and press the bell icon for future notifications. And it would be also great if you like this video so that the YouTube algorithm shares this with a lot of amateur astronomers. So, with the stars and constellations of October's discussed, the beauty and wonders of meteor showers and comets discussed, this is Atul signing off for the month of October. See you again in the coming months. Clear skies.